JD, I have to ask you a question. What's your favorite impression? I hear you doing voices every now and then. Can you do one? You know, I don't do many impressions, uh, certainly not celebrity impressions. I guess I, I, I can mimic some of the teachers I've had in my past, but I, I really am not the celebrity voice impressionist. Uh, uh, I try sometimes. Uh, I, 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 I can do a, a fair Jimmy Stewart from time to time. <laughs> uh, when I'm having my George Bailey moments, I'll, I'll lapse into a little Jimmy Stewart, but otherwise. Oh, my uh, God, I love it. I love I'm it. I'm not the guy I... you turn to for celebrity voices. Oh, I love Jimmy Stewart, though. It's actually one of my, uh, he's probably one of my favorite actors. And it's hilarious because my friend's like, you like that guy? I'm like, I think he's cool. I think it's cool. But hey, J.D., are you ready for this? I was born ready. Let her rip. I, hear, I heard rumors that you are. So let's go ahead and let's kick off. The mic is listening. The mic is listening. The mic is listening. The mic. The mic is listening. 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 Boy, that is some bopping theme music you got there, Sia. Uh, well, good morning, everyone, and happy Wednesday. This is the Mike is Listening Show, and today uh, I'm kind of cheating a little bit because uh, I invited a future podcaster onto the, the show. So the Mike is listening, but really like futuristically listening because it's not quite there yet. So JD Gershwine, welcome to the Mike is Listening Show. Is this where I say thanks for having me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be a guest for having me. Your guest today, your guest. I'm, a, I'm in guest mode. All right. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So, okay, so there, I am selfish. And you know what, damn it, I don't care. It's my show and I'm going to do whatever pleases me. So uh, we're going to be co-hosts and launching a brand new Monday live stream called Two Deer in the Headlights with J.D. Gershbein and Sia. Wouldn't want to be you. We're, we're doing the J.D. and Sia thing. We're kind of doing the first name thing here. I, I've... Uh, I adopted my initials uh, for my professional identity, and you've got the two Ys back to back, sandwiched by the S and the A, bookended, if you will. So it, it's a cool look, and well, it's thank a cool you. vibe. And my gosh, we've got a cool logo too. Well, you know, I have to say the logo is pretty freaking cool, and we're going to talk about that logo shortly. I don't want to give away too much. And by the um, way, let's just be honest: aren't we enough? I mean, do we really need a logo? I mean, look at this, this visage. We are moving beyond the logo and into the realm of, of actual voice. Yeah. Oh, I, well, this is yeah. pretty exciting stuff. So so let's talk about this because hmm? you haven't had a podcast before, but you understand, you understand the medium. You understand the value of it. I know it's going to be like, going to make you like. Uh, should we should we penalize each other every time we keep saying the word value? <laughs> well, we have to use it with the word create. We have to create value. We're here to create value. And we, we need to know that we're creating value because we are value creators. <laughs> okay. What we aren't is that. So, but what we are going to do is have a lot of fun on Monday mornings, kick things yes. off. And of course, I mean, it's, it is LinkedIn is our primary uh, area that we're live streaming. So we will talk about business concepts, but really mm -hmm. most importantly, it's those deer in headlight moments where you're working and you just sit there and you're staring straight ahead. And like, 
I said that before, the synapses aren't firing. You're just like a blank freaking slate. <laughs> I mean, JD, how many times have you had that deer in headlight moment? Well, I've always used the idiom. It's a great idiom. And I think it takes on greater significance. Uh, we're at the time we're taping this, we're coming out or so it would appear of a global pandemic where we've all been forced into the virtual world. And for some of us, it was an easy adaptation and others really had to work at it and, and really had to morph beyond uh, uh, who they were in, in the feet on the floor business world. And build this online presence. So as we're out there doing what we need to do, you know, sometimes the words don't come, the actions don't follow, and we're just kind of frozen in, in our own ineptitude. And it's, and it's okay to take that ineptitude and have fun with it. And that's what we're trying to do. So uh, yes, we're there to, finger quotes, you know, create value. We're also there to show people that it's okay to be human, it's okay to be ourselves, and we're trying to create a consumer craving and market yeah. our personalities. From the personalities, the value comes. Uh, we're both very experienced professionals. We can certainly talk about what we do, but the goal is to just let people plug into us, learn something, feel good about themselves, because as we, as we creep this petty pace from day to day, to quote William Shakespeare, uh, we just run into new things where we're forced to improvise, forced to be creative, forced to be spontaneous. And sometimes that creates two deer in the headlights moments. We feel like we're on a dark road. The headlights are approaching, 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 approaching. <laughs> right what, at you. <laughs> what do we do? What do we say? Right. Right. It's a, uh... Do you, what you just did with that approaching, approaching, I had such a visual of, now I'm the youngest in my family, but you know, like, have you ever had a sibling like come up to you and they're saying they come up to you with your, you know, your face to face and they say you're running in a forest, you're running in a forest, you're running in a forest. And then they hit you in the forehead and then bam, you hit a tree. So when you were talking about approaching, yeah. approaching, I had that visual in my head, which was <laughs> thanks siblings. Thank you. Make a decision <laughs> or become roadkill. <laughs> right. Absolutely on that. So, okay. So the idea behind the Mike is listening show JD, and I'm so glad that you're here is look, as we look at LinkedIn becoming much more of a social media, um, you know, platform mm -hmm. for business, it's not just for, you know, willy nilly stuff, though. I see a few of that, you know, every now and then really it gets to be where you start promoting things, right? Like you want to come to my webinar or read my article or listen to my podcast. And so what came about of it is as a producer of innovation media enterprises, and we produce so many great podcasts, I realized very quickly, you can't always just be pushing out audiograms. You can't just be pushing out still images and say, come see my podcast or listen to my podcast. And so that's why the mic is listening is, is was created was because I would love ways for podcasters to give, you know, that, you know, inside and behind the scenes of, you know, creating a podcast or just tell us a little inside scoop of maybe a snippet of a story uh, that they shared on their podcast. So mm -hmm. is this kind of a way for kind of, you know, cross promotion, but also a, a different way of providing value the v -word. to those that are visual. I mean, look, the pandemic has also really encouraged the eyes uh, for connection, right? If we're not physically in a room together, we're really starting to rely on this, which is funny because our monitors have become the boob tubes of today. 
That's correct. And I, and I think that as I watch the changing, the ever-changing uh, engagement dynamic on LinkedIn, which I study so immersively, I'm finding new things out literally on the hour as to how we promote ourselves and how we nourish the business conversation. LinkedIn right. is a unique platform because it's around that business conversation. It's what separates us from the animals. We don't, the animals don't transact. The animals don't look for new or better jobs. They, they, they do what they're destined and instinctively programmed to do. Uh, right. I'm on LinkedIn to connect with relevant classes of professionals to grow my business, advance my career, uh, gain a, a bit of a following, uh, but also influence a positive outcome, create change. And, and these are the real underlying purposes that professionals are on the platform. Now, what we're seeing more than ever before, Sia, dear Sia, is that people are really bringing their own take and imposing their own will on the system. They're creating content on a regular basis. They're creating promotional content on a regular basis. Right. And, and the homepage on the feed is, is really a free-for-all at this point. It looks more like the classifieds of the New York Times than it does a social media site because we're promoting, we're selling, uh, we want to provide services. We want to find those types of professionals with whom we can do business or who will support us as we advance our careers. And that's what LinkedIn has become. But first and foremost, it's a place to connect, build relationships, and develop mutually beneficial relationships. And I think that's so much different than a standard platform such as Insta or Facebook, um, which I'm going to say it, I feel is very self-serving. It's pushing out content. It's not so much as the interaction. Now, Facebook theoretically is supposed to be interactive, but let's be honest. We know that's not. <laughs> it's like if our, our, if our uh, political discussion is any indicator, not quite happening. So I'm going to not go down that path because every time I mention the word politics, hey, Jonas, uh, every time I do that, I get nervous. So because I want to say something, but I can't. So I'm going to be professional and I'm going to segue with your great comment about those that are creating uh, content and differently. So so let's check this out. But I can get you off my okay. Go check them out. Don't steal my thunder. <laughs> Wait a second. Go and play. There we go. Easy <laughs> innovators. Go check them out. Don't steal my thunder. <laughs> but I can get you off my mind. So that was literally a t like five second clip, and I actually shorted it down from uh, like a twenty second clip before. Okay. Um, so that is, I'm going to give a shout out to Chantal Boucher. I've already promoted you last week, but just by virtue of you being in the video again, she is the host of the Esports Future Eye Ezine podcast. She's also the managing director of Esports Future Eye Map Esports. So I'm actually a collaborator and partner with her. We produce all the shows so far on the Esports Future Eye podcast network. That being said, we were at the uh, Esports Arlington Stadium. And uh, we were on site and recording. We met this gentleman, Street Taco Eater, um, a.k.a. Street. And he is a consummate, um, you know, it's just, like, just just look at him. I'm going to pause it again here just because I really, I just think it's hilarious. Just look at this guy. He does not look like a stereotypical, um, you know, 
streamer, right? And I that that's what I think about him. And if you look at if you look at him, he doesn't look like your TikToker. He doesn't look like your Instagrammer. But yet this guy has, I believe he says that he has a million followers um, between wow. his platforms. Okay. So okay. understanding that the demographics and how you uh, advertise and market yourself, he's straight up, and we talked about this, he's an influencer and he knows this, but his goal in life is to create visibility and grow the visibility of the esports industry. So he's actually launching a world tour. Street Taco, I hope I'm getting this uh, this right street. I hope I'm getting this right for you. But he's going to be going traveling worldwide. And he's going to uh, travel from site to site and, again, visit esports centers, gaming centers, um, talk to the players, and all and shared food because he's a chef, I believe, and can eat some good foods. And so, I mean, what better way to connect people than food and gaming, right, or something you have in common? And that I think is just a huge, noble activity. And he's getting paid to travel the world, J.D., why didn't we think of this first? It's good work if you can get it, Sia. Uh, well, I think we should just do it. I think we need to. Uh, I think we need to uh, take two deer on the road now. If I could find someone who could pay us money to eat and travel and stay in five-star hotels, that would really be the living the dream response when people ask you how you're doing. And you facetiously go live in the dream. You're really living the dream when you're involved in that. Right. And you're I mean, being bankrolled to have three square meals a day in the finest restaurants in the world. Hmm. I wish I had a bubble that would pop in my head right now, but I didn't think about that. Not a bad that, gig. So. Not a bad gig. But, you know, it kind of gets to this. You had mentioned he doesn't look like an Instagrammer or a TikToker. I'm not really sure what that look is these days because nowadays – more people suddenly realize the power of their story and the value that comes from leveraging their story. And that's what we're doing. We're seeing more people just implant themselves into the medium and, and just say, okay, world, here I am. Here's me. Here's how I express myself. Yeah. And that's the outreach, the outflow, and it builds community. And there's no explanation seemingly for how these online communities build and how people amass these incredible followings. Yeah. It's, and and it's sometimes it's, it's, it's something intangible at times too, right? If you're able to have a set process, and I'm sure there's someone out there that's going to nail this down, right? Some maybe analytical MBA person that will like figure this out for us. But yeah, there is no telling what goes viral at times. It, it, to me, I, I get frustrated because it's like, you know, that kid, no knock on the kid and kudos to them, but... $10 million to unbox toys just to capture his moment of sure. like his response. It's such a simple concept. It's like a pet rock of this generation. Well, it goes back to the days of the water skiing squirrel on Facebook. I mean, who would have thought? And, and back into the days of marketing, the, the pet rock, the chia pet, as you said. So th there's no telling what people will buy. There's no telling what, who people will buy at this point. And the difference between virality and going nowhere, it, it's just a fine line. And I'm sure if you ask a lot of those people who have gone viral, maybe they didn't expect it. In fact, every interview I've ever heard with some of these TikTokers uh, who, are, who have be become media superstars, they're kind of humbled by the whole thing. They had no idea. I mean, oh, they, yeah. they, they did it with the intent that they would go out there with it. But to the extent that it was shared a million times, that's remarkable.
And I'm not quite sure how it converts. That would be the next great question. Well, sir, how is how have these dancing on the freeway com- um, little TikTok clips uh, converted for you? Well, that's funny you should mention that. And it's something I'm not as familiar with. So I'm sure if anyone can comment, Jonas, you probably know a little bit more than I do, is, uh, or maybe not Jonas, Mark Clayton. So Jonas, get your par- your uh, mm-hmm. co-host of a new dish podcast. Shout out uh, to, mm-hmm. to answer this question. But have you heard? They are now taking these memed, memified clips and putting them on the crypto. Like, uh, so they're setting them up for NFTs. So okay. they're basically... Yeah, monetizing it in the latest way to monetize, which is through cryptocurrency. I'd like I to don't give a big know hand, by the way, to... a big hand for use of the word memified too. <laughs> is that a word? <laughs> it is now. <laughs> exactly right. No, but now, so it just reminds me of uh, before this next generation of again, like I said, these people are going into the crypt space and. Again, getting paid NFT. I don't know how it works. So someone correct me, please, or explain or type it up. Um, but that's how they're going to make money off these older clips. And they're going to say, look, if you're going to put, you know, my image somewhere, might as well get paid for it. Right. And with right. blockchain, it's all documented. So it, I can see how it's trackable. Right. So what it does remind me, though, of the old schooler style is, do you remember that little infant? And there's a picture of him. He's like this holding his sand. And I think it's like success kid or something. It was the name of the meme is he's like this. Do you remember that when he's on the beach? I don't. Okay. Well, it's just a child. It's just like an infant. The mom took a picture of him and it just looks like he's like grasping sand and you could see a couple of sandlets dropping and he's just got like a face of, you know, if I were to just do a quotation over it, it looks like him saying, I got this kind of thing, you know? (laughs) And um, so I think he became success kid. Well, what happened was, that thing blew up millions and millions of people like, you know, looked at that picture and it got memed everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was uh, four years down the line, his father had liver failure or is it kidney failure? One of the two. And he needed a donor. And so he, he parlayed that success of that viral image into a fundraiser of GoFundMe and, and, and ended up paying, you know, or at least offloading the cost of his dad's surgery and care. So that's like the old school style where they're like, okay, this is famous. And then let's go ahead and get money for it, you know, either through GoFundMe or whatever. And that's it. Now that shift into the whole crypto space and the creators or the people that got memed can take control back, if you will. And even though they didn't want to get memed, they're now able to make money off of it, which I think is pure genius. Well, maybe that escalates our hope that our two deer in the headlights episodes become non-fungible tokens someday. That's the word. Non-fungible. The people, people will be paying big cryptocurrency for our, our work down the road. Of course. And, and YouTube will morph into this big NFT exchange where all of that will happen. And, exactly. and, and they'll be able to play our episodes free of advertisement. There- so someone's been following and gets it. I just know the acronym <laughs> and I just heard it's popular. <laughs> there you go. But- so so let's 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 just take this back to to the two Mike is listening because as we're looking at podcasting in general, and of course, you know, this this is a live stream that's gonna be available on all the podcast shows probably later on this evening. Um 
It is uh, what what strikes me about coolness about the podcasting world and, and the community and the industry is a diversity of topics. And because you, I had you on, and we're going to be streaming on you know LinkedIn and Facebook and YouTube, we are predominantly a business oriented, you know, comedically speaking, podcast show, right? Mm -hmm. And so I want to highlight uh, Defending Lady Macbeth. So Tracy Oswald, we actually, uh, Aaron and I, my business partner, we met her when she was at USA Today and she had a podcast. And um, the funny thing is, and, and Tracy's going to be like, oh, see ya. Uh, I actually was listening to her podcast with Archie Archambault and I had didn't realize it was the same person. So when she came walking into our studio, I had no idea. I just thought to myself, oh, this girl's got a familiar voice, you know, and she's hella cool. I like her. And then afterwards, uh, I looked at her info and I was like, oh, crap. Um, so shout out to you, Tracy. She decided to roll out uh, Defending Lady Macbeth because there, she is a huge advocate for uh, women. I don't want to use empowerment because she actually argues against that term. But she is a big advocate of just raising awareness and just making women understand that yeah maybe there's some biological things that we do but we still have the ability to deliver to be a business leader to execute to carve our own paths in life and so i loved uh this launching of our podcast that we do full candid disclosure we have produced our episodes um defending lady Macbeth. i would like to share with you so jd do you mind if i add it to our stream i'm and looking share? forward to seeing it awesome here we go People are just not going to like you. Uh, it has nothing to do with who you are, how amazing you are. They just, you you might represent the sun. I think this this quote said, and they like the rain. Mm -hmm. And you have to be okay with saying, like, I'm going to put this out there and may only get two likes. Or I'm going to actually go out this route. I'm not going to be afraid of, I'm going to click send on this email. And they may call me a B-I-T-C-H. Right. But I'm going to feel okay about myself because I know who I am and I know my 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 goals and I know my, who I am and how I treat people too. So that is actually this week's episode. And so if you guys want to check it out, please, uh, Defending Lady Macbeth is available on all the podcast players, your favorite ones. So uh, check it out. And uh, Tracy Oswald, I mean, absolute advocate. And I just love the way she supports. Now, what do you think of those types of conversations? Where, what kind of audience do you think would be attracted to these types of uh, discussions? You know, she's got a big booming voice and a lot of folks are out there with big booming voices and they're, they're trying to stir the pot, which is a good, in, in a good way. And I, I believe anybody that is, advocates for themselves, whether they're aspiring, emerging or established leaders would probably find something uh, very tasty in there. Uh, she's, she's exclaiming, she's expressing, and she's very listenable. Right. Well, that's her guest. I should clarify. That is her guest that she has on. And she is a local business leader here in Dallas. Tracy is, uh, if anyone ever wants to hear a cool, soothing voice, she's just got that radio voice. I mean, it's really she's cool. Good she, yeah. Very good. good uh, she's just amazing. And also she does live streams as well, which is awesome. She does a combination of live streaming. She's got her podcast and she does a lot of interaction. And, you know, I've, I've been talking to a lot of our clients and JD, I need your advice. So if I'm wanting to launch a podcast, 
What other things should they be doing in, in order to enable and ensure that that podcast gets visibility? What's one of the few things that you recommend right off the top of your head? Well, clearly for a LinkedIn audience, uh, what happens on LinkedIn kind of stays on LinkedIn because LinkedIn doesn't let you travel off its platform. So if you're going to position an appeal for the LinkedIn eyes, that has to be duly stated as, as something relevant in the professional world, which this has, which I believe any podcast that is looking to reach a professional audience is going to need. So right. LinkedIn posts, LinkedIn possibly LinkedIn-sponsored ads, although the jury's still out on those, uh, LinkedIn direct messaging, and starting to kind of mobilize uh, an army of, of, of brand ambassadors around a show or a platform. Uh, podcasts are platforms. They're broadcast platforms. And okay. ideally, from those platforms emanate either a consultancy, uh, an author-speaker uh, model of, of doing business, and more podcasts, more, more sponsors, potential sponsors. So uh, with LinkedIn, because of, of the way it's set up right now, there's, there's any number of ways to gain exposure. Uh, the key is the network. You want to build the network around the podcast. And when done right, that network plus your following becomes your audience. So you're playing more to a LinkedIn audience as, as opposed to just a few professionals in your network who might get you. And I think right. that's where we kind of fall short in some of our LinkedIn participation. We, we are connecting blindly with so many people. And the pandemic has really expanded everybody's networks. And ideally, we're taking in the right people who will be receptive to seeing our content. Right. And I find it interesting that you just mentioned that pandemic has also, I think, ushered in ways for us to think more creatively mm -hmm. to seek out that network and mm -hmm. the, and, and the information that we are looking for. Right. Mm -hmm. I almost said content and I almost said value. I almost, almost, we should get our, like ourselves like a little jar or something. <laughs> you know, the, the other thing I see a lot of folks doing Sia and, and here's, here's the natural knee jerk reflex. If you're hosting a podcast or you're guesting on a podcast, and both have incredible content marketing steam and strength behind it. You don't want to say things like, check out my latest podcast, or how honored and delighted was I to appear on this podcast. <laughs> Frame it for the viewer. Give the viewer some reason to, to tune in. When you, when you put forth a problem or something that you know people are concerned about, think about, worry about, and draw people in, you're selling the broadcast. You're not selling yourself on the broadcast. Get people to the broadcast and they'll discover how cool you are. And I think the tendency is that when we self-promote, we don't do it artfully because we're injecting so much ego into the post. Oh my God, it, you are so nailing it on the head and I'm guilty of it. Every, I think everyone's guilty. I think it's a natural tendency. It uh, is, it and, is. And, and, no question. Remove yourself from the equation and you'll draw listeners, you'll draw viewers. Uh, people will launch your video. And, and I think some component of it is I mean, for me, like, cause we have so many shows we produce, mm -hmm. I'm going to admit it at times I'm in a rush and you get complacent. I don't want to say lazy, but you kind of go to your go-to statements, right? Mm -hmm. uh, this is awesome. You know, like you say, check this out, you know? Um, but yeah, I do find, and you're right. Whenever I make posts and I give a summary of like a bullet point or two, it's so much more engagement because now at that point 
whoever's reading is going to understand why I think it's awesome. Okay, that, great, it's awesome. Who cares, right? Um, yes, it's and almost that like falls a, into the category of artful self promotion because yeah. at at every turn you will find people self promoting. LinkedIn is set up for overt, shameless self promotion. What are you talking okay. about? Okay, that's okay. <laughs> but at the same time, how we do it, how we elevate our profiles through neutralizing the blow. I mean, we, we all want people to see our work, share our work, like our work. My gosh. I mean, it's, it's vanity metrics. People who, who denounce vanity metrics are probably the one who believe in them or, or pay attention to them the most. But in my case, it truly is the right view. And I've gone through the last 15 months as we've been through the pandemic, kind of retooling, re-engineering, reconfiguring my network my mm-hmm. content strategy, everything. I, I I can't do what I did 10, 11, 12, 15 years ago. I don't teach LinkedIn in the same way. I've evolved along with the medium and I'm increasing change competency in people by just letting them know it's okay to talk about what you do. It's okay to direct people to your service offerings and let them know the strength of your solutions. And when you believe in the strength of your solutions, you find better ways to promote yourself. And we're all looking for better ways to promote ourselves. Absolutely. And that kind of brings it right back to two deer in the headlights, because one of the reasons why I got motivated to do this, and I'm going to play a snippet from in a second here, but I find a lot of folks are not used to the idea and concept of self-promotion to do the personal branding side of it. Most of my contacts are corporate entities, right? So they are under the mask of their parent brand, if you will. So Mm -hmm. why do I have to have a personal brand? Why do I care about self-promotion? Because I'm a representative of X company, right? And it wasn't until I left corporate America did I realize how important it is. Even within a 30,000 person organization, you need to self-promote because that's how a lot of those people raise in the ranks or get promotions or get recognitions and accolades. I mean, it is relevant and it, it does it does make sense, especially in the personal, uh, you know, in the social media age, the interaction that you do on social media is also a representation of you. So it's not just simply you posting stuff and they will come to you. You've got to be giving, you've got to do the likes, the comments, the engagement as well to others because it's a reciprocal relationship. And I see too many times people pushing out content asking people to do things on their, you know, your behalf, but they're not reciprocating. And to me, that's another issue I think I'd love for us to address on two, you know, two deer in the headlights. We will. We most definitely will. And sharing of content is a, a reciprocal phenomenon. If you're, yeah. if you're going to want it, you're going to need to provide it. Exactly. Exactly. So Megan Van Petten, thank you for joining us on Facebook. And yes, artful self-promotion. There is a way to do it. And uh, between my various mistakes and missteps that JD just pointed out with self-accolades, golly gosh, darn it, JD, go back to my bruised ego. Um, Check us out, you guys, on Mondays at 10 a.m. Every Monday, you're going to see us on our live stream, Two Deer in the Headlights. Would love to have everyone there. And I'm going to play a little snippet of us, if you don't mind. Just, you know, as we were promoting this show, we were kind of kind of kicking things off with folks. So do you mind if I play that, JD? I have no issues with that whatsoever. All right, let's do this because we're long. <laughs> Sometimes when you're kind of caught between thought and action, that's when we have those deer in the headlights moments. And I think that's what I see 
our program exploring is that is that delay sometimes between thought and action uh, what sites in the brain are activating what 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 sites in the brain are stagnating i mean what what's causing us to to either stand and deliver or shrink and retreat Boy, that is some snappy theme music we got there. Oh man, I'm I'm telling you, I think it really suits us. It's our personality, don't you think? <laughs> it, it really it really bolsters it up. It really adds a dimension, doesn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. So on that note, JD, I want to say thank you very much for joining me today. And I'm so excited to be sharing this journey of us going live streaming on Mondays at 10 a.m. on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube for two deer in the headlights. I'm looking forward to it as well. And we will talk about the backstory. We will talk about uh, how we came uh, together to, to do this, to launch this. Uh, our first episode, which I like to call 001, Sia, would be Two Deer Crossing. Two Deer Crossing. And we two are going to have titles. Crossing. We're going to have titles on ours. So this will be very interesting. Two titles, Deer Crossing. Two Deer Crossing. And I, I mean, we're in the middle. We're smack dab in the middle of the podcast revolution. And everybody right now is a broadcast station. And some are more active than others. Some beam out with a greater signal than others. And who couldn't use a little boost? So uh, I'll, I'll leave it to you to sign off, Sia. But thank you for letting me ride Sidecar on this today to talk about our upcoming venture. And uh, for you out there in listener land, um, hope to see your ears and your face on the other side of the screen at some point soon. Woohoo! Well, thank you so much, you guys. And so I want to do some uh, quick promotions here. Heads up. So as everyone knows, I am uh, with Innovation Media Enterprises. We produce in partnership with Esports Future Eye and Map Esports, the Esports Future Eye podcast network. So I, I will be talking about a lot of these shows over and over again. You know why? Because every freaking week they release content. So want to make sure you hit them up. It is at Esports FPN, Esports Future Eye, you know, FPN.com. Also, next week's guest is John Davidson. He is on the Esports Future Eye Podcast Network. Love him to death. Um, he is the host of the DLC Drop and also the founder of the DLC Youth uh, Company, so Davidson Learning Company. Check him out. Uh, if you guys have any questions whatsoever, feel free to hit me up. And on that note, I think we're just going to go ahead and kick it off and say see ya till next week because you know what? The mic is listening. <laughs>